Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And there is standing line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without Above and below, yeah East, west, north and south I sense your presence Without and within Below and above, yeah, yeah East, west, north and south I sense your presence I sense your presence Of 
Or to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence
and where other people have interviewed me, they have me running that statement during the show, so you can check that out. I've also authored four books, the most recent being You, Me, Life Dreams, and its companion workbook, and then my first two books, Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. And in addition to that, I've got a fifth one that I'm a co-author on called Embraced by the Divine. You'll definitely want to check that out and watch for the updates for that as it comes out. And then I also have created the Compassion Tour, which is a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, book signing events, fundraising events. You can follow all of those things on my website, jessianennicholsgeorge.com. And uh, that's going to have everything from monthly specials to archived shows, including today's show on there, upcoming shows. So there's a lot to catch there on the website and all of that. And I am on tour right now. As a matter of fact, I'm hanging out around the Illinois-Iowa border. I'm getting ready to um, take a little dip up into Wisconsin and check some things out there, but I'm going to be passing through Indiana, and I'm going to be having things go on in Michigan throughout the month of June. I know I'm scheduled back in Massachusetts in October. I'll be in Pennsylvania in the fall as well. Um, lots and lots of options of where to catch me. And there's a lot of events that are still in the process of being added for this year's tour. So you definitely want to watch and check those out and see what's upcoming. And just a reminder, if you enjoy the show today, make certain that you share it with people, whether that's friends or family or Facebook connections or wherever it is that you feel inspired to share it because they can always listen to it at the very same link that you use to get into our live show as an archive and get to it at their convenience. In addition, it's also available as a podcast at iTunes and TuneIn.com, as well as on my YouTube channel as well. So lots of options depending on what their preference is. And I always find, hey, when I'm sharing a show, somebody goes, oh, my gosh, I was just having that conversation. I was just thinking about that topic and wasn't sure where to find some good information on it. And we have a whole variety of things going on here, so there's really something for everybody <laughs> once you start to delve into it. Now, before we get started on everything, those who have listened in before know that I like to delve into this little book called The 72 Names of God by Yehuda Berg, who's a Kabbalah master, and he operates a lot the way I do, where he takes the big concepts of life and he brings them into the everyday language and shows us how to connect those pieces. So... What I'm going to take a look at today, you know, as I've said before, it always fits in with my guests. I just kind of flow through the book here, and I don't, you know, go in and go, hmm, what one fits with the guests? I just open to what's next (laughs) in the book. And this week, it happens to come up to parent, teacher, not preacher. Couldn't have been any more perfect for today's guest, and it definitely seems to always work that way. And the little message that he gives leading into this is, the greatest act we can perform in the physical world is helping another human being discover the radiance of light. That is the true purpose of being a parent. And the insight he goes on to give is, when we share the teachings and tools of Kabbalah with our children, amazing light is revealed in our own lives, in the lives of our families, and throughout the world. Although we participate in bringing our children into the world, we should remember that they are not ours, but are gifts given to us 
by the Creator in order to give us a chance to share, grow, and become kinder, more tolerant people. Our children give us an opportunity to be the light and to spread the light. In short, we need to become wise teachers, not loud preachers. Instead of trying to preach the truth or legislate wisdom, enlightened people know they must live the truth. A person who has been touched by the light innately knows that he or she must become the embodiment of its power. Therefore, like candles, we should allow the radiance of our thoughts and deeds to warm and enlighten our children. In this way, the changes in our own lives become examples and inspirations for them to follow. And the meditation that he gives with this is desire to lovingly, respectfully, and selflessly share this wisdom with your children. The preacher in you is silent. The teacher in you shines through in all your actions. And you know what's really kind of interesting for me today, (laughs) which I don't normally run into, I happen to be working out of a great little library not far from or in the Moline area of Illinois today. And I happen to be, the room they put me in happens to be in the children's section (laughs) of the library. So I just found that really amusing today because it really fits in. It's, It's probably giving me lots of signs and symbols that I need to be playing and creative and more enthusiastic and bubbly and <laughs> and good things like that. Now, a little insight here before we go on break and then get to bringing our guests on. What relationship do you have or have you shared with your mother? Is there a special bond that cannot be broken no matter what that relationship is like? And what have you done to nourish the relationship along the way. Now, for most, I would say, they find a very special relationship with their mother. And the mother-daughter connection is one that, for many, have strong emotional attachments, no matter what the relationship. It is interesting to me that many daughters will create a favorable connection or picture of the relationship with their mother, no matter what it is really like. It often seems that even when things aren't great, few daughters will speak poorly of this connection. However, it is also one that is not free of challenges. Like most relationships in our life, there is a soul connection here. And this relationship, like others, is there to help us grow, work out soul lessons, karmically connected, and so on. It is also seems that when there is a mother-daughter conflict, that the pain runs very deep. And in my observation, it is mother-daughter relationship that often shapes most things in the daughter's life. And it will often be what influences the relationships that a daughter will have. It plays humongously into their self-worth, their confidence, their sense of support or abandonment in their life, And it is the foundation for all things. For example, if a mother does not want the child or feels that the conception is stressful and not a good time, etc., this child will often try hard to win the affection of the mother after being born. They oftentimes will also develop patterns of not fitting in, 
not being accepted, and struggle with self-esteem patterns. And the real key is learning how to overcome some of these initial feelings. It is learning how to work past our different personalities and styles for doing things. It is learning how to adapt as the daughter becomes an adult and a mother as well. Tawanda M. Allen is one person that has placed a special focus on helping mothers and daughters find the sacredness in their relationship with each other. And she helps to shed light on the bonds that they naturally share and the importance of working past challenges. She believes that it is important to build a solid relationship between mother and daughter. Now, I realize, like all relationships, that sometimes this may not be possible. However, I also feel that many times we simply get frustrated with a lack of communication and misunderstanding. No matter what the dynamic there, it is important to find one's own sense of peace, even if it is acceptance of the other person and their need to have their own space. What challenges have you faced in your mother-daughter relationship? What have you done to overcome the bumps in the road? And what sacredness do you find in this relationship? This week, our guest focuses on a component of compassion related to the aspect in my book, says, Making a Difference. And this reminds us that it is important to be aware It is important for us to show up and be present no matter what. And if you have the opportunity to be of assistance or of service to someone, then take it. I'm going to take a short break, and when we return, I will have Tawanda M. Allen sharing her thoughts on the mother-daughter connection and about life in general. And the song I've got for you during our break is called uh, In the Lamplight. It's by Claire Hedin, and if you'd like to find out more about Claire's work, you can certainly do so, and that is uh, through her website at www.clairehedin.com, and that's C-L-A, I'm sorry, C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Dream of 
Welcome back. You are listening to Activating Compassion Radio, and my name is Jessie Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. You were just listening to a song by Claire Hedin, which is called In the Lamplight, and you can check out more of Claire's work, by the way, at www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N dot com. And she's got a whole lot of stuff that's going on that's really great to to look at and to be involved with and to check out. So hope you'll definitely do that. Today I have with me Tawanda M. Allen, who has spent 20, over 20 years uh, loving and caring for children. Tawanda is dedicated to reminding mothers and daughters of their true essence how to love and care for themselves regardless of life circumstances. Her motto is stay prayerful, be positive, and keep moving. Tawanda is the author of I Am a Leader for a Great Tomorrow, an inspirational journal for the next generation, and is launching in September 2015, so this year, this September, in New York City and California, the International Holistic Leadership Workshop for Mothers and Daughters. Tawanda's work with I Am a Leader for a Great Tomorrow has provided a journal for preteens and teens to walk through the journey of personal growth through inspiration, motivation, and personal commentary by the author. This journal is unique in that it asks specific questions related to motivational subjects such as integrity, and the readers then journal how they use that in their day. I will look at these various aspects of Tawanda's work today, and we're going to be looking at the different projects that she has going on, and you can definitely learn more about her work at tawanda-m-allen.branded.me, and we also have another website uh, for her that you can check out, which is Brave Holistic Workshops dot wordpress.com so a couple of different options there and Twana I just want to say thanks for coming and sharing your work with us today here on Activating Compassion Radio good morning Jess how are you thank you so much this is exciting <laughs> well it's it's a pleasure because we've you know we've been connected for a couple of years I would say at least <laughs> and uh, you know, I've watched you doing a lot of growth along the way and seeing you in these kind of exploratory phases. And, and so it's really fun to have you on. And what I'd love for you to do is to have you share a little bit about your journey. How did you get to writing this book and get into this work of mother-daughter relationships? Um, of course, you know, I can get long-winded. We have a little time, but I'm not going to get too long-winded. But um, really, it's funny, um, blessed to come from the, they call it old school, but really I think the schools to me, the only school I know. Um, community babysitter at age 13, um, camp counselor, camp supervisor, didn't realize this um, when I made a choice to leave Pittsburgh, which is my home, home Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and go to college in New York. And when New York, just really, for some reason, I liked it, but I really, this was like, uh, school just wasn't working out. I found myself taking all that experience for loving and caring for children up to that point in my life 
and I'm, I turn it into a nasty job. I mean, it's really crazy. I believe, once again, people, I don't have a degree in this. I didn't go to school for this. It's um, school, not, not a hard rocks life, but just the experience of the trust factor when you're caring and loving for people's children that they place in your hands at a very young age. And I felt very honored to notice I had leadership abilities that a lot of my friends didn't have. And I just took that and ran with it. And once again, like I said, went to New York, decided to leave school and found a family in Staten Island, and it was from there. And, you know, and, and it's interesting that you take that because, you know, people that are coming from the background you come from is not oftentimes the people we see breaking out into the world doing workshops <laughs> and things. And as you're talking, I'm sitting there going, oh, I remember those days because my education is in recreation and leisure studies, business management. And um, a lot of my work, I spent 13 years with the YMCA doing daycare programs and resident camps and things. So I can completely relate to where you're coming from with that. No doubt about it. I just feel that um, now today everything has to be certified and this and this. Really, people, I believe, they don't realize the gifts you have, you'll realize them at a young age. I think it's about fostering them, and I'm looking forward to us diving into the conversation of the parents and mothers because I was so blessed. I was blessed to come from humble beginnings. And it's so funny you mentioned, the, you know, just the circumstances. Really, the circumstances really don't matter, Jess, because we, we, can, we can speak of our wonderful friend Wayne Dyer, you know, being an orphan. Now, come on now, you can even imagine. And look at Wayne now. We can speak of Lisa Nichols, a woman that speaks of being broken and broke, and look at her now. So somehow, some in the midst of, and I, and I love our dear friend Deb Scott, who talks about um, a lot of jewels have come out of soils of suffering. So somehow that strength people gather in the midst of challenging times, even I'm having right now. We pull on those in those challenging times become the diamonds in our lives. Well, and and that is so true. And um, I, I've been relating to a lot of that because I've just had so many adjustments thrown my way <laughs> along the way. And I know Deb Scott, and she really is a, a wonderful um, person. Matter of fact, she's co-author with me on Embraced by the Divine. And, um, you know, the, and, and this is true. So many times there are humble beginnings that we're coming from. And it is very, very interesting to watch these different relationship dynamics. What would you say are maybe some of those relationship dynamics, because I think this applies not only to mothers and daughters, but uh, mothers and sons probably, too, um, in the situation. No doubt about it. I believe um, from my experience and a lot of people I know their experience, and we're talking also about a, a gigantic, general, I mean, general gap. You know, I'm blessed to be 48 years younger. and becoming younger and wiser every day. I'm very happy for that. But the whole thing is um, came from, um, like I said, humble beginnings. My mom chose, you know, being a certified nurse to stop being a nurse to raise me and my sister. And she stayed home and she was in the window when we went to school. 
and she was in the window when we came home from school. And a lot of that's not going on, and I believe parents, and I understand we all have to work, and people are married, and people are going through divorces, and life shows up. But I believe somewhere along the way we have to get back to the basics. Somewhere an iPad can become a child's form of learning. A television, these 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 electronics, I mean, this lack of human touch, this lack of human communication. And then also I've stumbled across Unfortunately, a lot of women, not even just young girls, more mature women, raising themselves. So we realize, which I'm looking forward to us diving into, when you don't have the tools, when you've not been my mother in the window every morning, I love you, Tawanda, have a great day. It didn't matter we lived in the projects. That's the fact she was in that window. I knew when I came home, I was coming home to someone who was going to ask me, how was my day? Was that, did I get any trouble today? Someone that was there. And this that hold is being present, and I believe that's missing. So when that's missing, that's missing, Jess. I used to love just thought the parents were so rotten parents, but they weren't. If you don't have the tools, oh no. And and I think that's a big thing because there are a lot of parents that are maybe around, <laughs> but they're not present. Um, I know when I was growing up. You know, there were TV hours, so to say. Um, we had some flexibility and leeway, but we talked about our day every day. And we sat around the dinner table and everybody was there. You didn't have cell phones or things. You didn't get to have things at the dinner table. There was conversation, <laughs> which most people today would probably be like, What? <laughs> Yeah, it was once again just a lot. I mean, they can't even imagine. That's why I just kind of threw in there the um, generation gap, you know, me being more mature and just having that. And um, don't get me wrong, Jess, life has not always been um, perfect. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of alcoholism in my family. I can be very honest, no, there's been no physical abuse, but abuse is abuse. It can come in different forms. And I believe alcoholism or any kind of ism is a form of abuse. So even though my mom has done her best protecting and providing for me and my sister, it was just that um, being present. And I believe we can have a dialogue of what happened with the when parents stopped parenting and what happened with that. And once again, I believe that can become a great coaching session, which we're both certified coaches. But we're not here for that, but more so really something, a disconnect happened. And I'm really looking forward with the work I'm doing is bringing that because I specialize. I do. I mean, I've have a gift with children. I can go in the grocery store, and I just walk up to a child. We just start talking. The parent looks at me like, "Does my child know you?" I'm like, "No, I just I just have this kind of relationship with children, and I love it because the children, a child can see me and I can see them. And when you see that innocence, you can not take advantage of that, but you can empower that. You can." You can embrace that and encourage them to be the best they are, be the best they've been sent here to be. And and I agree. And children do know where the attention is, and if they're not getting attention, they oftentimes will isolate off into these different other aspects. And and I think that is important. I mean, you certainly you you mentioned you started off with babysitting. Um, I know I did that very young as well. And um, I imagine that that taught you a lot 
about these relationships and what happens when there's connection and when there's disconnection there. And and just please forgive me, I was not always babysitting for the most loyal people. <laughs> so I just really, I, I love honesty of myself because really that's what people, I think that's what people love about me. They said to Wanda, you know, she'll give it to you. And I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you the truth. I mean, I've babysitted for drug dealers. I mean, I didn't even know they were drug dealers. I didn't care who they were. The fact that I was babysitting their kids, I babysitted for waitresses. So at a young age and growing in the project at that time, it was just um, – it was a trust factor. Everybody knew everyone. I wasn't in harm's way. But once again, they knew, okay, Miss Miss Connie's daughter, she babysits. She's a good girl. She doesn't, she's not sleeping around. She's not doing this and this and this. So these are factors, I believe, that comes in when people are looking for someone to care for their children. And that's, that's been an honor of me being a, being a living nanny. I mean, there's a protocol. When I come to live it, to do a job, I'm not coming here to take someone's husband. I'm coming here. I'm coming here to be a service and really help a family that needs my service in a crisis or not a crisis to help your children move forward. Right. And, you know, I think that, um, I mean, you come from an amazing perspective because you um, – not everybody sees the world in a bright, happy way <laughs> coming from some of the background you've had. And, and, you know, I think the mother has a huge impact on our um, our choices. At least that's my experience. The, the relationship we have with our mother has a huge impact on the choices that we make in life. No doubt about it. I mean, um, so I think that that's a, I think that that's a big, just a big piece. So how how then did you like you would notice these things um, with family? I know you're a direct person, but then how did you start approaching this? Did you start going, hey, you got to pay attention to your kids because well, you're not. <laughs> Well, it's funny, once again, the story, like I said, that the community babysitter, and I realized, and um, I'm a leader, and it can be it can be begged to differ. I've heard people say leaders are born, leaders are created. I don't know. I just had a, I had a fire in me, and I had a fire for, I believe, integrity and justice. When I realized somewhere along the way, like perfect example, and the younger thirteen. People weren't like treating me right, or they weren't like coming home when they said they were coming home. I stopped watching their kids. And for somebody else, they'd probably be like, "What's wanted? Why did you just stop?" Because you 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 you're not honoring your agreement with me. You're not saying what well, you want to be home a certain time, and then you're not going to compensate me. And it's amazing to have that kind of personality at 13. I'm like, you can find somebody else to watch your kids. <laughs> and then when I became a camp counselor, that was a lot more. You know, of course, you had to get. Background checks, they checked you out, they did this, they did that, and that became a more responsibility because now I'm just not on a one on one basis. I'm in a community setting. So, this is once again, and I'm in the community where I live at. So, the people know me, they know my mom, they know they know our family. So, they're like, oh, I know Tawanda, she's a good girl, I know her mom. And the whole thing with that is that um, people are trusting you. People are trusting you as a camp counselor that when you when I come get my kids, they're going to have all their limbs. They're not going to be beat up. They're not going to be mistreated. So along the way, all those years, I mean, I'm talking about from high school to college, 
I was a camp counselor and a camp supervisor, and that's where all these these elements came in, Jess. It was just, um, yes, I stood, my saying is either you stand for something or you fall for anything, and I always stand for something. I'm not going to let nobody or anybody, even parents, when I would come and parents would say, well, to wonder, I heard this, I said, well, please tell me the situation so I can let you know exactly what happened, and then you can do what you want to do. So really, it's so funny. Just really that, and I know that has to be a leader leadership quality, because no one else I knew was doing it. I mean, no one else was being a camp counselor or a camp supervisor. When I became a supervisor, that became a whole different role. So I think this the the framework for my life was put into me between that thirteen and that twenty one, because the camp now supervisor. It's a big it's a big responsibility and I can share an experience with you. I had um I had to fire a whole staff two days before the camp was over. And these were people yeah. that I went to school with. I went to high school with. And we were only like maybe two 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 or three years in age apart from each other. And what happened, they chose to take liquor and were smoking at a at a very big event with children. And I'm thinking to myself, Okay, we have a good relationship but maybe they forgot that I'm being called to supervise this location, and we never had that kind of relationship that it was okay for you to break any protocol. And that was at a young age. That was I had to be about 17 or 18. And I called a meeting. I called a meeting with the people who owned the place. I said, well, Tawana, what are you going to do? I said, well, they have to go because this is against the law. I mean, these people, of course, you, you, know, you know, Jess, children talk. And they're wizards. That's why I love them. They're queen and king manipulators. They'll know how to do what they're going to do. They'll go home and tell their parents, and that's not something I was even interested in entertaining. So I knew at that time, I said, well, we have to have this meeting, and whatever has to go on has to go on, and I hope the counselors honor that rules have been broken. Please forgive me, but your services are no longer needed. So from a young age, I've been able to make calls that, require just not the safety of myself, but the safety of who I'm caring for. And I believe that's what I that's what I treasure about myself. And I do that from I do this until today I'm keeping a little eye on actually I'm watching a little girl today. And um she's a young girl. And these tools I'm sharing with you I've learned along the way, I've given to her and her mother is so honored. She's like, Where have you been at? I'm like, Well I've been around but I'm about to go somewhere else <laughs> But the whole thing is that when you just have a gift of empowering a young person to be the best they've been sent here to be, you just, that's what I do, and that's how I do it 24 hours a day. And I know that that's very rewarding because I know from my camp experiences that I've watched people's lives just transform in these kids. I've watched them come back and be counselor in training and counselor along the way. I've watched them... Uh, had one girl that she felt outcast because of her ethnicity and I told her that's a bunch of bull. You're one of the strongest people in this group and everybody's trying to, you know, be there with you and for you and you're a natural born leader and here you are doing this. And um you know, the next year <laughs> she came back as a counselor in training and she went and she applied and she went to D.C. and took on all these, like, leadership roles in her school, and 
it was like amazing, like she was a whole different person. And I, I had often get from parents after a week in camp where they would say, you know, how do you do in one week of camp what I haven't done <laughs> in the last several years? And and the first thing I'd say was, well, first of all, I'm not their parents, so they're going to listen to me. <laughs> but uh, oftentimes it was about bringing in a perspective. You know, the kids didn't, you know, they hear things from their parents like, I love you, I love you, or whatever the the, the tape is, and they don't believe it. Like, I knew a lot of kids that they just didn't believe that they were really cared for or they didn't see it from their mom's, you know, perspective type of thing in there. And um, like yourself, I mean, I couldn't imagine firing a whole staff because I've been in that supervisor <laughs> position as well. And uh, I, I remember one of the camps I went to and, and our YMCA was teaming up with another YMCA to do a camp in Catalina. And, you know, up front I kind of said, you know, I've got some concerns. And I started seeing things from day one from the other Y. And I went to the director and I said, this has to change now. And I wasn't seeing changes. And a couple of days into camp I said, you know what, that's it. I'm not taking the liability because you won't change anything and I don't, uh, you know, I, I didn't have the authority at that time to supersede that person and I took control of my own group but uh, I also made it available for anybody who wanted to leave that setup and uh, I said, you are not handling things in a way that's in the welfare of these children and something's going to happen. You've got counselors here who don't even know where their kids are. And that's a problem for me, and I'm not taking that liability because I've got an education. And so I took a butt home. I left the camp. I said, that's it. You won't do anything. I'm leaving the camp. And um, the next year they did have an unfortunate circumstance with one of the campers from the other YMCA. And uh, it was a hard way for them to learn the lesson. Oh, no doubt about it. I believe um, that was really, I think that was my first experience of having courage. I mean, I believe I've done a couple of things, you know, like these new stop watching some of these kids, but really that was a big thing because, once again, these people, the, the camp, the, the counselors were my parents, and I was never a follower, so that's a good thing because you did something doesn't mean I was going to do it. I mean, I would have checked it out, but, I mean, if you were to go do it and I knew it wasn't right, you know, you go check it out and come back and tell me how it worked for you. <laughs> but, um, really, that was my first experience of um, being a leader because I knew really seriously. I mean, I knew the parents of these kids. I knew the parents. I knew that wasn't going to fly. I knew that wasn't going to fly taking beer and smoking at a very large park away from home and them kids going home to tell their parents. I was like, okay, Tawanda, this is a dialogue I'm having with myself. What are you going to do? It's like my inner self is asking me, are you going to do the right thing or not? And after I did that, Jess, I was, I've, been, I've, been out of, I've been out of control ever since. <laughs> yeah, I've been out of control ever since. Because after I did that, I knew I had the courage to walk away from anything that no longer worked. And that whatever you may call this time, I was actually I was practicing Buddhist at that time. 
it's, a, it's amazing. My friends, you know, like, how did the girl practice Buddhism in the project? And how did her mom do that, let her do that? And her mom didn't practice. But once again, I think it was just me um, making a choice. And I made a choice to stand for something, and it worked. And it's been working ever since. And, you know, and it's important to make that first choice that I'm going to take charge. I'm going to lead. And to, to honor that in yourself um, with it along the way. You know, you, you mentioned that there's tools. And, you know, another area that I've worked in along the way in my life has been troubled teen facilities. So I also saw a lot of the breakdown between mothers and daughters and uh, the misunderstandings and miscommunications, as you say. Can you share some of those tools that you use or... All right, all right, all right, Jess. So conversation is about to, is about to get a little aggressive for your callers and listeners because I don't do um I don't do the victim I don't do the victim card very well and I don't accept that from anybody else. Coming from the background I came from, um, it just wasn't an option. Me and my sister, bless my sister's on um, a news anchor, very successful in Louisiana, and now I'm embarking on this international holistic leadership workshop for mothers and daughters. And writing a book. So if I'm going to get out of the conditions I was in, and by my choice, you know, because my mom, my mom didn't have it to give us. Yes, she didn't have it for us to go to college. Me and Renee made this happen on our own. So if I made that happen with the support of people loving and caring for me, everyone else can make it happen. And so the tools is that um, if you don't get it from where you're at, there's someone that has to be in your life to care some about you. And the tools meaning just um, the self-love of yourself, that I'm not going to follow everyone else because they're getting high and they're sleeping around and they're doing this. I'm maybe going to do something different, and that means taking a stand. And that can be very frightening at a very young age. But I believe that you'd rather be frightened at a young age not going with the group or stand for something or find yourself four or five years along the way, and I'm not and I'm not bad mouthing the um, teen pregnancy show on television, but that's not an option. It's not an option because once again, we can do better. We can do better, all of us. And this is not children I come across, but anyone's child. How can we put a bug that that young woman? You put a bug in her ear, and she went off and did all those great things. How magical just showed up. Put that bug in her ear and look at her now. So it doesn't take a lot. The tools meaning it can be Jess, it can be Tawanda, it can be the neighbor, it can be anyone. So we're talking about someone who just gives a child hope. So when you have hope and you have people surrounding yourself, which you and I know now that we're on a larger platform, how valuable it is, and it's a necessity actually, for you to surround yourself around people that are for you. Because trust me, there's a whole lot of folks that are not for you. And they may show up like they're for you, but they're not. And that's okay, too. But you have to, and these are some of the tools. Surrounding yourself around people that care for you, that support you, they're not bringing you down, they're not talking about you behind your back. Um, people that are, and they don't have to be doctors, they don't have to be so educated, whatever the case may be. But they, they need to be people that are moving forward in life, making the world a better place. And if you don't have those friends, you might want to find you some new friends. So I was always evolving and just hanging out with people that you had to be going somewhere to hang around with me. You were not, if you were not going somewhere, 
you were not a part of the Tawanda Allen Friends Club, in which I didn't have a lot of friends. But now I knew a lot. Don't get me wrong, and I don't have a lot of friends now. I know a lot of people, and a lot of folks love Tawanda. They know Tawanda. They know, I, once again, I don't, I don't play that victim card very well. So these tools are talking about loving yourself. And if you don't know how to do that, model, and don't, don't just follow somebody, but just find qualities that you would think a good human being would have. And they don't have to be a celebrity. They don't have to be, like I said, they don't have to be such a gigantic person, but be a good person, a person that maybe is somebody that takes somebody's trash out. Maybe it's somebody, the paper guy that comes around, he's loyal. He always says thank you very much and holds the door. These small acts of kindness, these are who we are as human beings. So what I realize, we've got, to, we've got away from being human beings. That's all it takes. It takes you of being a person of integrity, a person that wants, desires more out of life. If you don't know how to do that, reach out to someone that can support you or find that for you. And surround yourself around people that are going to encourage you. That's what I've done. And I mean, these, I know actually these are some of the tools I talk about, but really didn't get into great detail in my book. But these are just basic human tools, Jazz, that we've gotten away from as being human. Well, and I think there's a lot of people that, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, don't have these tools. They didn't have them growing up, so they don't know how to give them. They don't know where to get them. They're programmed into different thought patterns than that. And um, and that encouragement, you know, there's, there's layers of that that I think people have experienced along the way from uh, getting that full encouragement to um, getting somebody who encourages you and then cuts you off before you get anywhere to those people who don't encourage you, to those people who tear you down. And I think that that is one of the big challenges when we talk about that mother relationship that, you know, we all, I think a lot of times are programmed that mothers should be nurturing and they should be caring and they should be supportive and they should be all of these things. And not everybody's got that. And I think sometimes the... You know, you've got young kids and, you know, they can't drive themselves <laughs> to go someplace and find those connections until they start to get older. Um, but I, like you, I would encourage if you're a parent and you haven't had that, maybe find a place that you and your child can go and receive that together. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, Jazz. You're right. There's a, a lot. Once again, coming back from blessed coming from the community I did come from and the community I have created. But yes, what I realize is disconnect of. Um, and it's a lot. It's a lot for a parent that has not maybe had much, been married, maybe divorced, now starting out new, kind of bitter. Ego's been hurt. Been hurt. Kind of closed off from life. So once again, we're talking about really. It's beyond like a, like a therapy session. It's become like really right now when children go to school, teachers are no longer just teachers up hearing. They've become like mentors. They've become like they're feeding children. They're doing things that, perfect example, I'm so honored to have three or four charities, which I love dearly. I'm, I am a very great supporter of Blessing in a Backpack organization that 
sends out a backpack of food to children that either don't have food, don't know how to cook, there's no somebody home on the weekend, whatever the case it may be, they're giving them a nutritious backpack of food. Come to find out, they were going to school on a weekday, and of course you're eating at school and you're having free lunches or whatever the case may be. You're eating during a weekday, but when they came back on Mondays, they realized that the children were not very coherent, and they realized the children were not eating. Of course, they're in America, right? We're not eating. Trust me, I'm not. I got a lot of situations, but I look like I'm definitely not like I'm not not eating. So the whole thing is that a child, and they realize there's a blessing in a backpack every Friday. Backpack of nutritious food. The child can take it home. They can know how to cook it, either microwave it, whatever the case may be. They're not going to go back. They're not. They're not going to go without. You know, on Monday they bring it back and starts the whole week over again. Charity Waters. Well, once again, there's a few organizations that I'm just beyond passionate about that I see myself supporting in the near future. And it's just um, that's how you start, Jazz. You just do. You do that. I mean, I'm not. Even though people like Tawanda, you're taking over the world. I'm like, no, Tawanda's not. Tawanda's just using the tools that she has, bringing my gifts to the world the best way I can, and really supporting just everyone I know. And I do that all the time, if there's something in it for me or not. And you and I talked about that yesterday. We talked yeah. about being authentic. We talked about being willing to show up to be a service for anyone. If, it, if you benefit from it or not. Because I know supporting jazz is that if it benefits me or not, you're making the planet a better place. What a what an honor to be a service to that. Right. And and I, I mentioned that in my activating compassion book, but it's not always going to come back from the person that you've given to, but it will always come back <laughs> in one shape or another. And, and you know, it's not about giving to get. It's about, as you say, you know, there's, there's some fine lines in there because there, there needs to be exchanges so we don't create some other patterns. But on the other hand, you know, maybe maybe you can help me a little bit and then that allows me to help somebody else, which allows that person to help somebody else. And the, the chain keeps going. And... I'm very, you know, I'm very firm believer, in, and like you, I have a couple of organizations that are very near and dear to me, and, um, you know, they, they will be the focus and are the focus for uh, things that are upcoming. So, um, and, I, and I encourage people, that's different for all different people. You know, I've had people come to me and say, oh, you're not compassionate because you're not out doing this and that. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, but what about all the things I am doing, <laughs> you know? Right. And, you know, I don't go around knocking you because you're not doing this piece over here. <laughs> it takes us all tapping in to what we want to share with the world. And I think that's that's a big thing in the work that you're doing and that you're bringing up here is, we all need to have that encouragement and realize that it's possible. You know, sometimes, depending on our circumstances, we might have to get a little more creative along the way. Um, but it, it doesn't make it unattainable by any means. And if we look at a, all kinds of things out there, if we look at what it really takes for us to develop in the world, 
then you know that spiritual path, so to say, that that spiritual process, it's not always an easy one because it wants us to learn from things. It wants us to grow. It wants us to develop our potential, uh, so to say, in there, um, which I think is big. And I think that that's, uh, you know, one of the things you touch on with spiritual wellness um, in your work. And I realize a lot, I realize that too, along my work, I mean, along my walk, it's just not been, there's a lot of children in which I'm really excited about traveling the world that don't have a spiritual base. I'm not Jehovah. I'm not trying to be the Savior. I am just interested in bringing, shining a light of me coming here to Arizona, studying spiritual studies at a grade school called Sweet Hall. It taught me some tools that um, how to raise the vibration in the body. So we're talking about a gong meditation. We're talking about learning how to be quiet. We're learning how to, through the I'm connected with Kathy Shimpok, a fantastic storyteller, a storyteller through hypnotherapy that intrigues a child to penetrate their dream state and their thought patterns. And then also have a dialogue with the mothers and daughters of what surrounded by women who been through a divorce, been legally mistreated, been abused. And we're not talking about someone who's been so polished. I mean, the polished Really, once again, it's going back to me being me. It doesn't work for me. On my logo on the Holistic Leadership Workshop page on Facebook, inner beauty, inner beauty is the only thing that matters. On my best day, like today, my hair is pulled back. You'll see me with my sunglasses on and some yoga pants. I can do my best work. I can do my best work at a bank just like that. And I believe that comes from polishing that diamond on the inside. Because really. Our wonderful friend Wayne Dyer says, if you're not going within, you're going without. And um, these are just some things, yes, that um, Tawanda Allen and the team I've been blessed to come across will be providing mothers and daughters in the near future. And like I said, it's not going to touch really a religious man because I don't want to get into that because we know religion is very touchy and people believe what they believe. And I honor, respect everyone, what they do and how they do it. But I believe there's a universal law that goes across the board of how you can raise a vibration in someone's spirit to make them feel better about themselves, to give someone an insight of who they are through telling a story, and then have a dialogue of how we can come together and support mothers and daughters throughout the world anyway, in a positive way. And that's, these are three elements I've chose to embark on, and, and they work. I've done it with the children I've cared for. I'm, I've done it. I've learned some tools along the way. I'm doing it now, and I'm really excited about what's going to be happening in San Diego in September. And, you know, I think that that's a big thing, and I'm very familiar, actually, with uh, Sweeha in, <laughs> in Arizona there. Um, they, they have some great programs. And you brought up a good point, which is using the aspect of telling stories, because I feel, in my experience, is that whether somebody is polished or not polished or wherever they're at in life, whether they're willingly 
saying, yes, get me around some positive people and help get me some resources to do that, or whether they're very resistant saying, I'm not doing no change. I'm the bomb the way I am. (laughs) And, you know, uh, stories seem to impact people. Um, They seem to be, it's it's like a key that opens locked doors a lot of times, in my opinion, um, with it. And I think that that's a powerful, powerful way to connect with people along the way. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, I want to talk about some other things as well. But you you brought up that you've got a workshop that's going on uh, this fall in San Diego. And I believe that that's part of the Brave Holistic Workshops that you do? Yes. I'm blessed once again. I share with you. Um, blessed to meet the owner of Flea Hall. I'm Casey Miller, sweetheart, great giver, great person of service, and um, provided me the opportunity to do a complimentary workshop at her yoga school last year. And I learned a lot. Learned a lot at the time my book had just came out. And um, unfortunately, I believe sometimes with publishers, it could be like a marriage. It's a marriage that didn't last long. <laughs> so it didn't last long, so we parted ways. And um, at that time, I was promoting the book and the workshop. So you can imagine, I don't think I'll share with you this. I'm really good at, um, I can do three, I can do one thing perfect, two things good, and the third thing gets real shaky. <laughs> so that's for all those folks out there that are really good at multitasking. Tawanda Allen's not one of them. I mean, I know you see this big personality, like you do all, you do this, you do that. I do that well, and it's a few things. And what happened, Casey gave me the opportunity, and um, in the midst of the book coming down, and I'm still going forward with the workshop, come to find out that um, there were some elements that missed that maybe I can do better, which I'm going to do this year. And the whole thing with that, the opportunity gave me to see how to promote a workshop, see what not to do promoting a workshop, and having the right people on board to make this dream happen. And once again, this has nothing to do with Tawanda Allen. Tawanda Allen is just a vehicle that's been blessed to show up to create a platform for these wonderful people that I have coming this fall to transform the lives of these mothers and daughters. So I'm really excited about that. And I believe that's how that happened. And it just, um, it's just, actually, even today, just contact you, um, Great shout-out to Michelle Anna, just from Connecticut. She does expos and uh, marketing. Sweetheart, angel on earth. Uh, we just got a GoFunding project up and also a new website for me. And I think I said, I shared that with you also. So just every day, Jess, I'm taking it one day at a time, one moment at a time, and I'm just showing up and I'm willing to allow spirit to use Tawanda Allen to be a service for the world. And I, as I do that and stay out my own way, because I'm pretty good at getting in my own way. <laughs> when I stay out my own way and just show up, the magic is happening. Well, well, let's elaborate on that a little bit, because people hear that term all the time. Just show up. Just show up. Be present. And I think that on one hand, people go, okay, I'm here. I'm present. I'm listening to you. I'm having a conversation with you. But aren't there maybe some deeper layers to that? Because this is a big yes, thing. Yes, yeah, I'm going to give you some more attention now because, like, you know, when children know they're not being loved, people know this is a feeling. If we're disconnected or not, 
we're still human. We're spiritual beings having a human being experience. No one knows when you care and love for them or not. So you can be present. You can be right there looking at them and care less about them. And they know you care less about them. So they're going to disconnect from you, and you're disconnect from them, and no, and no magic is happening. And that's what's going on. So when you choose to, and we're the adults, I believe, and I don't, um, I'm, once again, very honest with your listeners and callers, um, never throwing no one under the bus. But really, somehow along the way, we have to show up. And showing up means, okay, being honest enough, just, just please know my mom, she went to me and my sister, you know, girls, I don't have all the answers. I don't have this, and we don't have that. And she didn't say it all the time, but it was very clear what she does have. And what she had was more than enough for us. And it worked. And I believe children, love is what they, Jed, I'm telling you. I've come in situations with the well, very well off and very well off. And when you can just be present with a child and just be there, if it's five minutes, that's five minutes you didn't have last week or a day ago. It can change your lives, and it does. I've done it. I do it all the time. I, I've been at the grocery. I did it at Sprouts yesterday, a child. I'm like, and the child's just talking to me, and the mother's going to be like, where does my child know you from? I'm like, she doesn't. But see, once again, that's my gift. But we're talking about parents, small steps you can take. Hey, I'm calling you on the phone. This, hey, how was your day today? I'm not, even though I'm at work, just check in and make sure you're okay. Things like that. I mean, a child, like I said, just me growing up. I'm being very honest. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine coming home to an empty house playing adult. That's a, that could have been, you know how much trouble I could have been in. I could have, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I could have been doing things that I couldn't even imagine. So you're not there. You don't have the eyes to see, and you're not watching, or you don't have no one you can trust to keep an eye on your children. You don't know what they're doing. And blessed to have a relationship with my mom, but, um, being very honest. I remember at a young age, she told me and my sister, whatever you do, please do not lie to me or do not steal from me because there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. And I'm 48 years younger, and I can't remember one time, even when I got scared, and I knew a child has to know you have their back. Someone has to yeah. have their back. Someone has to know I can pick up that phone and you're not going to beat me down. You're not going to talk down to me. And I can always, in trouble or not, I can go home, tell my mom what happened. If I was in trouble, oh, well. And if I wasn't in trouble, oh, well. But just know someone has your back. That's major. And I believe that's a tool I believe parents have to have, too. And just by the parents. The parents need someone to have their backs. So there's a lot going on there, Jess. There's a lot going on that's missing when a parent feels like someone doesn't have their back, they feel like they don't have to have somebody else's back. So when you don't have your child's back, who's going to have their back? So there's so much dynamics to go on that just not being a parent, being a, a, a perfect example even our relationship, how can and respect Jess like where she's at, what you did. So when we start loving and respecting one another, where we're at, but what we have, we're not asking for diamonds. We're just asking for being present. And the showing up means I'm going to show up and tell the truth. I'm going to show up and say, you know what, honey, I made a mistake today. 
please forgive me. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be aesthetic. It's not going to hurt you to say, I'm going to grown up, and grown ups mess up too. And actually, grown ups mess up a whole lot more. And that's okay too. But being honest enough to be honest with yourself, children, they admire that. I've watched that. I've watched that for me. Oh, you know, Tawanda messed up today. Well, don't worry. And it's so funny. They're so forgiving. That's what I love about kids. They're so forgiving. Because I can say, you know, I'm not feeling well today. Well, don't worry. We'll do this for you and this and that. And that's just who they yeah. are. And, and I think that, you know, what I'm hearing you say in all of this, too, is it's really about the parents being conscious. You know, I think sometimes they get drained out. Yes, there's work to be done, and they've got jobs to carry on with and a lot to deal with as well, mothers in particular, because they're oftentimes holding the family together on all kinds of levels. Um, but we also need to be conscious of our actions. Are we talking to our children but texting at the same time? Are we off, you know, busy with all kinds of emails, which granted we probably need to get to, but at the same time are we sending that message to that child that my emails are more important than you are? Um, no doubt about it. And and these are big, these are kind of some big pieces because, here again, these can set forward a lot of patterns. And I think there's, You've got the yuppie generation. You've got a lot of different parents out there that, you know, they need their own attention and they they aren't getting it. <laughs> and they get so focused in their own electronics and things that they're not doing it. And And for me, it's kind of like, I think when you really show up and you're really there, you're not just there like, okay, I'm playing a game with my kid but I also have this text conversation and things going on. You're playing a game with that child and you're engaging with them on every possible level. You're feeling the experience. You're in the experience. You're talking with each other. You're engaging every one of your senses fully and not splitting your attention because one of the things that I know in my experiences is that when we split our attention, like even watching TV and playing a game or something like that, when we split our attention, we're sending messages of conflict. And so these kids are getting conflicting messages of, I care for you, but I don't care for you because you're not getting my full attention. No doubt about it. I just, um, I see it all the time. It's very rare you'll see me. You may see me with my phone, but you won't see me on my phone. When I'm with somebody, there's no way I can be present with you and be talking on the telephone and texting somebody at the same time. It's just, you don't have to have a DD for that one. But once again, we're not, we're, we're so disconnected. We're so multitasking. Okay, well, I'm doing this, and why he's doing this. No, this is where I'm at. Your priority. See, when you do all that, you're taking, you're removing all the blocks. But see, what I've realized, yes, I didn't realize uh, when now personal development has become a, such a great business. I didn't realize it was a business. I just thought it was a, I thought it was a thing you just did. <laughs> it was just, it just, you just took care of him. You just was, you were just respectful to the neighbor. You were just these are things you just did. You didn't have to go to school and get a, a get a tablet to be told. 
okay, I'm on the bus. There's a lady, old older lady, and the lady with a towel. It's called get up and let somebody sit down. I mean, these are not. I didn't know you had to have, go to school for this stuff. You had to be told to get up and. Would you be so kind of let the, the more mature lady have a seat? I mean, these are just etiquette. Of, so we really have we got girl, we got a lot of we have a lot going on. Once again, you and I are here to magnify the solution, not the problem. We already know the problem, and we're just touching base on that. But once again, these tools that I've been blessed to come across, and I'm providing these mothers and daughters, and really just not mothers and daughters. I may find myself in the near future because I know definitely. Due to my experience being with mothers and daughters, I've been very successful with that. But I know I love the program Steve Harvey and his wife has. They have a camp mentoring young men, and this is, oh, my God, crazy, crazy great. So once again, people out here, and everybody loves Steve Harvey. You and I are just who we are, and I believe we're doing great work too. So all we can do is continue to do what we do. Don't worry about somebody else. Be the best we've been sent here to be, and keep it moving. Absolutely, and I I'm completely with you too on the no victim space, because I've made that a policy. If you're going to be in the victim space, if you're going to be in the not truly present space with me, you're not in part of my <laughs> sphere anymore, and. Uh, and it's not always easy to draw those boundaries, but we look at, you know, even in affluent families particularly, a lot of them never got the attention. The parents said, you're not worth my time. Let me hire a nanny for you, and you'll just deal with the nanny so that we don't have to deal with each other. And I think that, like you say, it's it's always about the solutions, and there always are solutions. And... Fortunately, you came from the background you came from. I was raised from parents who came from farming communities, and there was a no-excuse mentality uh, for the most part. You know, there were, there's some variables there, but <laughs> there's, you know, for the most part, it was this is, this is what you do. You know, you talk, you pay attention to each other, you know what's happening with people, and, and that's just part of it. Um, in that process, as you say, and I, everybody's got their piece. Everybody's got their little part of it that they're contributing in what it, whatever way. Um, I contribute my way, you contribute your way. So I think the key is really just helping these people be aware there are these different options and to not be afraid to have that relationship. And... I think a lot of people don't know where to draw the lines. I think they're lost in a lot of these areas. Of, I, I don't know where to draw the line between friend and parent. And, <laughs> you know, you're bringing some tools that for you are absolute basics, but for somebody else it's like, oh, my gosh, where where's this been? I've never heard of any of this. And, I realize um, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I I think that that's an incredible piece that you're bringing in and that, again, even though we're focusing on the mother-daughter connection in this show, I think this is parent-child connection um, as well. It's not just mother-daughter aspects because the rules apply across the board. Um, and And I find that I think the tools that you're mentioning here are even more critical with recent times where there's 
oftentimes a child has multiple sets of parents. I mean, when I grew up, you grew up, you didn't have the divorced family so much. You know, there were those few out there, but just they weren't the predominant thing. But as, you know, the century came closer and we got more into the 80s and the 90s, that became more evident. And um, here again, people not setting their personal stuff aside for the sake of the kids um, in there. So I I just think you're coming from this beautiful, powerful place. I think showing up is a big, gigantic piece in all of this connection, which is why I had you delve into that <laughs> with that. And I appreciate that. I just really believe, like you were saying, it's just um, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. But once again, you find you find your niche, and I'm really grateful to um, Ellen, which I believe you know Ellen. That Ellen Ebook talked about her yesterday. Hello, Ellen. You know she, I love her. We really um, had a blessed to have a coaching session with her a while ago, and she helped me understand because at one time I was a been. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the queen of throwing them under the bus. Like I said, just been through a lot, with, you know, with the living nanny experience and seeing the ups and downs and turnarounds of parenting not working. And I just thought the parents were the worst, worst people in the world. And Ellen was like, Tawanda, where you're at in your life now, your job is not to throw somebody under the bus, but really how can you find a solution? And I believe that was the conversation that triggered me spiraling to who I came today how I embarked on, okay, well, okay, there's no more throwing nobody under the bus, and I really am a good person, and I really do care about people, so how can I express that? And I had to sit with myself. But once again, that's the work, Jazz, that's the work. That's the work. We all have work to do, parents, parents, caregivers, dads, animals. We all got work to do. So the work is not to be so hard on yourself because life will do that for you. Do the best you can do. Stay prayerful, be positive, and keep it really keep it moving. Because when you don't keep it moving, if you get stuck, you get stuck of. And once again, I'm blessed not to be. Um, I know we have a world of thinkers. I'm not really a thinker. I'm a doer. So um, uh, we're all pretty intuitive in our own ways. So when I get hits to do something, I just do it. I don't think about it. Because if it feels right, I do it. If it don't feel right, I don't do it. So a lot of people may get an idea, and they have to think about it. And by the time you think about it, you talk to yourself out of it. I'm like, you know, I don't got time for all that. So I'm a doer. When I do something, I get a hit about it, idea, okay, okay, I'll go with this. If it doesn't feel right somewhere along the process, I'll change my mind, and that's my right to do that. I think, once again, as being human, there's the steps, mother, father, dog, cat, it doesn't matter. We all have work to do. All we can do is do the best we can do, with the tools that we have, not be for ourselves and not be so afraid to reach out. And I realize I'll come across that too. The fear, even the most successful. I mean, the most successful has been knocked down and having the fear of picking up the phone and calling someone and saying, I need some help. That can be yeah. for some and, people. And, and I... I love that you, in your work, bring in this approach and this aspect of which you mentioned is that it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It doesn't matter what the past is. It doesn't matter what has happened. 
the real focus is going to be, if you're in that challenge space, is what solution are you going to create? To okay. what, can, what can we do right now to make this moment better? If it means go out and take a walk, if it means pick up the phone and call a friend and cry, if it means take a nap, whatever it is for you, that's what it means, and it's okay. We really want to get because you know, you and I know, and this shift in energy because it has been a major shift in consciousness. And I want a whole different vibration and a whole lot of other people. So that's what maybe it may come off to some people when I to want that she's bigger than life. No, I'm just not for everybody because I'm not, when, when you come to me, I'm not going to babysit you. I'm going to let you know I love you. There's nothing I wouldn't do for you. But this is what you may want to consider. And if you're not willing to, you, you're willing. Not, if you're not willing to sit with that, that's not on me. But I have to be authentic. I have to show up and say, I have to be my true self and say, I'm not going to have a pity party for you because I know too many people have lost. I've lost my mom. I've lost my mom. I didn't have this. This didn't happen. I know so and so's been raped. We all have a story. Get out the story. Stop <laughs> being the story. The story doesn't work. We know there's, there's resources out there that help you move forward if you're willing and open to receive them. And, and that is true. And, you know, what, however bad we think our story is, there's somebody out there with it worse. <laughs> I remember, I'm a, I remember um, Maury Cooper, I love her. She's an aha moment show. She was like, why, why does it have to be that way? Why does my story have to be worse than your story? <laughs> why would you a story anyway? But once again, we all have situations in life that's happened to us. Can we, once again, in our humanness, don't be super, don't try to outdo somebody else, be willing to sit with what it is. Sit with what it is, do the best you can do, and keep it moving. Now, you've written a book Flash journal, and it's called I Am a Leader for a Great Tomorrow, an inspirational journal for the next generation. Share with us about this book that you've put together. Um, one, please forgive listeners. Um, Ms. Jez didn't know that um, the title may be changing. I'm blessed to come across an affiliate publisher who I'm going to go with. So everything is really up in the air for me right now, which is really great. Because the workshop is kind of a stone, but I've been blessed to realize what I can do, like I was sharing with you, what I can't do. And self-publishing, I, someone has to take over that for me. I really see it's too much. My head's been hurting. Life is, yes, it's too much. But these tools, we're talking about common sense. We're talking about kindness. We're talking about self-love. We're talking about basic elements, which, like you said, I may consider basic. Someone sounds very big that I just – keen in on my experience throughout my life that I found that was necessity for people to be just not good human beings but great leaders. Well, but you've got kind of a unique approach in this book because it's kind of a workbook book in a way uh-huh. um, because you ask some questions in there that, that really get people thinking. It really, and, and you asked me to journal on that. Like, give us, share with us a sample type of question that's in there. Um, 
go back to the journaling. I've been journaling since I was 14 years old. I've been writing my thoughts, bad, good, ugly, down, and just found that very therapeutic. And um, I just knew for another young person, the young lady I was just watching just recently, I um, she has a journal, and I encouraged her. She's at five or six years old. I said, sweetie, it's very important for you to write how you feel down. It's very important for you to keep your journal and keep it in your in your space, and for no and for nobody, your mother or nobody, more than that. And I had this conversation with her mother. It's really about respecting a child's space and letting them be who they are. So when you when you set up camp, I call it camp jazz. It's like set up camp. This is how we're going to do this. Not dictate. I'm just going to let you know this is how we're going to do this. And really stick to that. Don't waver. Don't go back and forth and say we're going to change it next week. No. This is how we're going to do it. And I think that's where my approach comes in. When I say something, it's in stone. When I do something, it's, that's how it is. We're not going to change. And I believe that consistency with children. When they're in my presence, they know exactly what they expect all the time, every day. It doesn't change. And I believe that consistency, they need that to get them moving forward. So in the book, I realized how valuable it was for me writing my thoughts down. So if I know if I needed to write my thoughts down and didn't share that with nobody else, there's a whole lot of people who need to write their thoughts down. And the questions are, what can you do today? And actually, that's going to change, too. For so many things, we've added five chapters to the book. We're going to change the color. Just so many things are changing right now as we speak. But the whole thing, like you asked me, um, integrity. And that's my favorite one. We can go with integrity right now. Um, be willing to tell the truth. Just tell the truth. Just, that's it. If you, if you did it, if you stole the quarter, you stole the quarter. No one's going to beat you or abuse you because you stole the quarter. But what you can have the courage to do that, have the courage to tell the truth, and, and really face the consequences because there's consequences for actions. So when you have integrity, you're going to stand in your truth no matter what your friend Mikey does or no matter what your mother does or no matter what your uncle did. And I believe that's a, these are just some major functions of being a great human, to me, being a good human being and being a great leader. And that's how I came up with them. It's like the space for them to write down. They can go to their own quiet space. It can be in whatever their quiet space may be. I know my sanctuary could be my room or it could just be me being quiet. Someone may find sit on the subway train writing in their journals quiet to them. Whatever it may be for them, it has to be okay. But just having that tool to be able to write down your thoughts, what did I do today that kept me in Yeah, yeah because and, – and I think that thought process is important in so many different ways. Um, too many times when we close off from our emotions, we don't – we don't delve into them and look at them and explore them and try to get insights, especially in younger ages. And through the journaling process, it gives us a chance to really deal with those things so that they don't become bigger things later on in our life um, where we hit a little challenge and go, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, where'd this come from and why am I here? And, uh, and and it's also great because it I find it's kind of like it's very similar to decoding work in a way, um, 
because you do delve in and you do ask yourself these questions. What did I deal well with today? How did I handle the situation that came up? And, um, you know, what shifts am I willing to make in this process? And these various things that just, I think, really open doors, particularly for girls, particularly for teenage girls who don't want to share what's happening with other people. Um, And I think it's a great way for people to oftentimes see their progressions. You know, if they go back a little bit and look and see where they started and where they're at, I think it's a great way to to see how far they've come as well. Oh, no doubt about it. I think that's what I've done over the years. Even like now, um, of course, you know, I'm writing, so I don't really get a chance to journal, but I sit in... I sit with myself and have a great memory, so I'm really blessed with that. And I just, um, I remember everything. I remember our first conversation. I remember you first reaching out to me. I just um, have a great memory, and I like that because I sit with myself. I'm constantly doing the work on Tawanda, constantly. It's like it's really like a 24-hour job, 24-hour day job. It is. It's a 24-hour day job for me to show up, even if I'm in the mood or not. When I go out in the world, can I be present? Can I be kind? If I want to be kind, not. But this, this, this work, Jess. It's work. Really, not lying. I would never be dishonest to your listeners or callers, but it's work. And this work, you have to just make a choice. When you make a choice, it's a great choice because you're saying yes. You're saying yes, and I'm willing to be the person, the, the great, the best person I've been sent here to be, and I'm willing to do the work in spite of the. And actually, the situation is perfect for me to show up to be the best I need to be. And that's what I realized. And, you know, sometimes that's a great approach when we're feeling challenged. It's like just checking in with ourselves and saying, am I really present? What can I do the best to be the best that I can be today? I have to say I have never been the best at journals, <laughs> but... I'm sorry, Jessica. I may have to see your journal. But uh, what I do notice about myself is that I am constantly looking at things. You know, it's no longer like I need to just force myself to sit down and write because I'm constantly addressing what's happening on a moment-to-moment basis. And when I do have something that's coming up that's really blocking me or... um, that I'm challenged by, uh, I can write pages and pages and pages and pages. And I don't mean little three-by-five notebook pages and pages. <laughs> I mean, I, I will fill up notebooks of pages with notes of what's going on for me as I'm breaking through things. Um, and it's interesting because when when I got ready to go on the road full time and I had to, of course, go through everything that was in my house and as I'm going through some of the things that were there and I was like, wow, I really had some interesting thoughts back then and I really tapped into some big stuff that I'm just coming full circle to (laughs) today. So it's always interesting, I think, when you go back to these 
these spaces. But I, I think that's such a great question and a great way to approach the day each and every day. How can I be the most present and the best I can be in this moment? Break it down to even this moment. In this moment, in this day. It's a powerful piece. Yeah, it can be Once a simple way of going out to the trash can and seeing the neighbors smiling and saying, how are you doing today? You don't realize this. We're talking about small acts of kindness. We're not talking about taking $20 out of your check you don't have and giving it to somebody. We're just talking about small acts of kindness that really raise the vibration in the body. It makes you feel better about yourself. And and this is where we come back to the no excuses piece that you bring in, which is if your family's not doing it, <laughs> if your siblings aren't doing it, that doesn't mean that you have to follow their pattern. It's up to you to go out and do it yourself and to find those other resources. And, you know, there are sadly certainly those families out there that it's like, Oh no! Don't be nice to people. This is a cutthroat world, and you need to get up and do this and this and this and this and this. Um, matter of fact, one of my formal guests—that's kind of the world he grew up in. Not so much directed from his parents always, but more of an aspect of this is the world I live in. I've got to get ahead, and this is you know material, material, material stuff. And um, and he's since shifted, and he's doing amazing things in the world, <laughs> by the way, because he said, oh, at one point, this is not a good place for me to be. And there were a lot of people who weren't going to join him on that path. And and it comes down to each and every one of us, and we just never know when we're going to be the one that serves as a trigger for somebody else to make that change. And it's funny you mentioned about your friend with that because that's why I would ask him, well, how, wow, how is that working for you? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for some people, like, I'm totally happy in my world over there in La La Land and, you know, not dealing with any of these things. That's their life process. That's where they're at. Um, but as we know, oftentimes there's not a fulfillment there as well from that space. Um and and that was part of what he found was this isn't working for me. You know, my world's crashing down. And like I said, he's he's on to amazing things. He's one of those people that is changing the world in a wonderful way um, out there. And, and it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're coming from a hardship situation, a so-called, uh, you know, uh, blue-collar, stable family or an upper-class family or the culture, none of it matters. It comes back to that individual choice. That's it. In reality. I believe this is also a great dialogue we're having. Um, I believe also my passion came out of when I started hearing the story, which when I came out of the sector of doing the, the, the nanny work full time, um, I wasn't very clear about this, this bullying. And I'm not going to say maybe I was a bully growing up, but I just thought maybe – what would make some what? I, yes, I, that put some fire under me because I became very passionate when I hear a child chooses to take their life, their life, because someone doesn't choose to accept them. And I'm thinking that doesn't work. 
and something has to be done, and and something major, drastically has to be done. That because I have a big nose, I choose to have a different sexuality because I don't look the way you look. I think I should end my life. It doesn't work. It's not a great mm-hmm. idea. I I so agree, and and you know, I just look forward to more of your your way of dealing with things <laughs> coming forward <laughs> into the world. I don't know, Jay. You know, I'm going to make some noise. I'm going to make some noise, and I'm going to ruffle some feathers, and some people like, and they say some will, some won't, so what? But it's okay. I believe, once again, everyone has their own style, but I'm learning also. I'm learning to be more graceful in challenging situations, too. But I believe, I just know certain things, the victim card, the woe is me, the not loving yourself, these are things that just does not work. And how can we, if we're willing, to really just be a service to one another and support each other where we're at, not to the point that we're enabling someone not to be the best they've been sent here to be, but just really, if I can hold your hand. I got some food and you don't have some food. You know, what can I do to help you move forward in your journey? And I believe this collaboration of the world is what's going to have to take place. It's really just not this conversation you and I are having about mothers and daughters. It's so much bigger. It's really a community has to be of like-minded people that are willing to support people just because. And, and that's that's another big piece right there is that it's a community effort. It's not just our blood connections of being a mother and daughter. Um, you know, Anytime we're willing to step into that so-called feminine, nurturing, caring energy, we become a mother no matter what sex we are. And there are the community mothers. There's the community parents. There's the um, soul mothers and parents, if you want to say that, our groupings. We're, we're that way for each other because we weave in and out of these roles regularly. You know, there are times that we need that nurturing from the parent, and there's times that we're going to be giving that nurturing as a parent would. Whether you have children or not, those roles are going to come up. And I believe for the parents, I'll be very honest. I'm, I'm not a parent. I'm looking at in the near future adopting two little girls, and I have, I have, I have mothered many, and I'm looking forward to being that mother for these two powerful young women that I'm going to adopt between the ages of five and seven. They'll probably will take over the world because I'm going to give them some tools that they'll never forget and help them be some great women. They can go out in the world and remind other women of their essence. And I believe that's why I embarked on the workshop between the ages of nine and 11 because I knew the ages I can really deal with. Teenagers are really not in my category. I'm not saying, well, of course, we know they're valuable. I know I was valuable as a teenager. So I believe getting them at a young age, installing, um, yes, just giving these tools, you know, uh, it's not nice to gossip. It's not nice not to be nice. These are just basic tools that you can put in somebody's subconscious on a daily basis. We got the next president. You just never know. Once again, it's the work. Are we willing to show up? as spiritual beings in a human being body to do the work to be a service to support one another and just because. 
Absolutely, and that's going to be a great journey to see what comes about for you <laughs> once you start to adopt kids. I personally do not have children either. Um, that was a choice I made uh, in life, but like yourself, I, I have a very good affinity with them, and I'm, you know, I feel that for some people that is exactly the right thing for them to be doing in life. That's what they came here to do was to be a mom or a parent or whatever, and um and I, like you, I tend to come up with great tools that parents are like, oh, my gosh, this is working wonderful. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's like you say, the credentials are not always the uh, the pieces. It's about whether the tools work or not. It's about whether we can, you know, help you build that relationship or not along the way. And I certainly wish you a, a ton of luck because, like I said, I think that's just going to open a whole new realm of doors for them, for you, and what you're going to bring to the table and be bringing into this world, and that's going to be exciting to to watch and see. Twanda, I would love to have you just, again, share your contact information, remind people of when the conference is that's coming up in San Diego, um, how do they connect with you? Yes, uh, once again, thank you all for just having me. Thank you for listening to the the way to want Allen's kids to do things and how I'm becoming a better person. Um, please feel free to reach me. I can be reached on Facebook. I can be reached on LinkedIn, Google Plus. I'm not going to say this Google to want and Allen, but you can find me anywhere. Really, also, I was just blessed. A dear friend of mine, we have a GoFundMe website up, and it's the Brave Holistic Leadership Workshop WordPress. Dot com. I believe that may, I believe just had that. You can uh, connect with me on my fan page on Facebook for all my um, – I'm blessed also to have an online talk show called The Energy is Changing the World. And um, that's what it's really about. It's really pulling in the energy is changing the world. And I call myself the connector. I'm the connector. I'm the one that kind of just – Someone that comes across so and so and meets so and so, and we just all connect and the magic happens. And I believe that's one of my gifts, too. So I can be reached on Facebook, I can be reached on LinkedIn. Um, feel free once again to go to the Brave Holistic Leadership, Brave Holistic Workshop. WordPress.com. You can go there for all the information about the workshop. It's going to be in San Diego in September. The location is to be announced. The itinerary is up on the website. And, um, Please feel free to contact me via email. Um, private message me. I'm more than happy to be a service to give any information out. And just even if it's not for my workshop, how I can provide information to anyone who just needs to help with their children to move forward. Wonderful and um, simple. It's easy enough to stay in contact with you and and what's happening and. I just want to express my appreciation to you for being here with us today and sharing your work and what's going on for you and for bringing the work into the world that you're bringing into the world. This is joy, Jess. It's a joy to finally say yes to stop playing small. It's kind of hard for me to be someone to think about how to wander out and play small, but um, really when you say yes to stepping up and being willing to be a service to the world, just not to a small platform, but to the greater whole, it's um, it's a different kind of feeling. It's a different feeling, and um, it requires different work. And I'm I'm about to come into 
some work that I've never done before in my life, and it's a little bit uncomfortable sometimes, but um, I'm more excited. I'm more excited about what's to come. Great fan page on Facebook. I'm just I'm I'm surrounded about around some of the most powerful light workers on the planet, and I can shoot them an email in a minute. And I'm just so honored to be able to do that and just surround myself with some good people. Go out in the world, the world a better place. I'm looking forward to maybe some love in my life very soon. You just never know. Some great things going on with Wanda Allen. <laughs> it it definitely sounds like it, and I would have no doubt that there's nothing but great things going to happen there. <laughs> and, uh, it's truly a gift to have you with us and and to have you sharing things. And um, and I agree. And there's so many layers of that stepping out into the the bigger space in the world and not staying too small um, with what we're doing. But that takes a lot of different shapes and formats and and things as well uh, in that process. So uh, I, I know myself I'm working on that piece and uh, getting bigger in the world and, and um, working on a bigger scale, as they would say, uh, with it all. But it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us, and, and thank you again so much for your time today. Thank you so much. Stay blessed, and um, listeners and callers, whatever you do, stay prayerful, be positive, and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And next week I'm going to have with me Dr. Katana Tolley, and she's going to be taking a look at uh, her work. I should say we're going to be taking a look at her work with uh, a book that she's authored called Split at the Root. And this is about her journey with living with adoptive parents and the different life lessons that came along and the different things that uh, have worked out for her that she faced along the way, um, being raised in a family of a different culture than herself. So I'm very excited to have her on and what she's going to be uh, talking about in that whole process because I think there's a lot of us that can relate to the concepts and the aspects, even if we haven't literally been in the situation. I think there's a lot of people out there that um, can relate to the aspects of abandonment on one level, for example, or being put into an environment that maybe uh, isn't your natural environment, but then where does that lead you? You know, are you going to make that work, as Tawanda would say, (laughs) or not? Now, my books are available out there. I've got a lot of things going on. Again, I am on the 2015 Compassion Tour right now, traveling around the U.S., and there are many places that you can catch up with me. And even if you say, hey, I know of a great venue, or hey, I've got 10 friends that would you know, love to hear what you're talking about and what you're doing, and you know, we'd love to have you come to where we are, contact me. And I will see if there is any way that I can make it work. Because if there is, I will do it. And there's a lot of people. I've had people last year that contacted me spontaneously last uh, minute, so to say, and said, wow, I really wish I could connect with you. And I really would like to, you know, experience some of what you're doing in person. And I was able to make it happen. So you just never know. And, And I'm all over the U.S., so... Don't hesitate, depending on where you are, and, and we can work something out, most likely, I would say, in that process. Um, with it, I've got events that are going on in nature. I've got events that are workshop-style events. I'm doing private sessions a lot of places. 
where I'm bringing out work that I don't necessarily offer uh, by the internet or phone, so it's really great to come in and connect in person. And even if you're not attending any of those things or getting personal work done, you can always stop in and say hi, you know, based on where you are. Uh, I'm currently in the mid part of the United States, and I'm up around the kind of the Great Lakes region in that that kind of area right now, and I'm headed towards the East Coast and and I will be all around the eastern seaboard and, uh, you know, everywhere from New Jersey to Maryland to Massachusetts to Connecticut to Pennsylvania, all over the place, New York, you name it. <laughs> and I'm going to be heading in that direction. And uh, you can, of course, catch all the archived shows through the website as well. Uh, monthly specials that are going on, by the way, May special deal. If you participate in any full day or full weekend event during the month of May or June, you will receive a free set of my Activating Compassion books. You can definitely find out about all of this, video tips, the whole work on my website, jessianenicholsgeorge.com. And don't forget, we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. Uh, we do have where uh, some of our hosts have been so-called on hold or on break because they're also out touring and traveling around right now, but they will be back, and that includes people like Randy Goldberg doing Vedic Astrology, uh, to, uh, Tuesday's Susan Wheat sharing her work in herbs and natural plants. She's in a series right now called uh, 13 uh-oh, Magical Trees or something like that. Um, and they're great insight from her. Short show, but a lot of information in it. Wednesday nights is our flagship show with Daniel and Janice. And uh, that's oftentimes followed up with spiritual insights by Darren Care, who's a reader at Madame Laveau in New Orleans. Kevin Baird, he pops his head in every now and then. He's still doing some periodic shows. But he's working on a great new project that's getting a lot of recognition right now. We're actually going to bring him on this show this summer, and that's his new companion project. So you're going to really want to kind of tune in. That's a fun little thing that he's creating of how to connect and speak with energies that we can't see but that are all around us in our environment. Hey, this is Jesse Ann Nichols-George. Thank you so much for being here today. And again, thanks to all of our listeners, not only through Blog Talk Radio, but those streaming live through Penn, known as Pair Encounters Network, StreamFinder, and TalkStream Live, and those catching our podcast at iTunes, TuneIn.com, and those catching the YouTube version of our show. I look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into activating compassion. Don't forget that if you've enjoyed my show this evening, or today, I should say, not evening yet in most places of the U.S., it will be available at the same link in our archives. And I'm going to leave you uh, with the song known as Yearning For, also known as Over and Over by Shemshai. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Activating Compassion Radio. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And if I could see what makes me blind I would soar to the edge of my mind And to touch what seems unreal Just to show you the way that I feel And we are in time with time One with season of change inside And we are in tune with the tune 